Hey everyone, welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live once again from the JK. We the best podcast. We the best podcast. Welcome to the last, one of the last Mixed Bags of the year because it is December 1st. Holy cow, we've come a long way. Oh my God, I can't believe it's December 1st. Yes, December 1st. We are one month away from a new year. Literally 2022 is around the corner. Crazy. I can't believe it, like. First of all, we all hope you had a great Thanksgiving last week. Oh, yeah. We definitely hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving for all of our American viewers. And um, just want to let you guys know, um, yeah, so we're we're back now. We're this officially December here in the States. It's December 1st. It's crazy. So but Bill, Christmas is just a couple weeks away. I, I You're telling me, buddy. It's, we're like 24 days away from Christmas or 23. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Anyways, um, what's that, Bill? Get your shopping done. Yes, make sure you get your shopping. I got my shopping done too. It's right here, but my girlfriend has no idea that I got her gift. It's right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's watching right now and wondering what it is. I, I hope. Oh, I hope she's. I hope she listens to that. But she, she has no idea, which is great. Molly, we love you. I love you too. Anyways, I digress, everyone. So tonight's topic on the Super Bowl Show is what, Bill? What is tonight's topic? Okay, this was the one when I first read what it was going to be. Thanks to our lovely audience on that poll i wanted to smack jt when i found out what it was yes forgive me i wanted to smack him and that was and that was and our topic tonight is classic films that deserve a remake yes and thank you to all of you who are i mean there's only three people who participated but we're grateful that anyone participated in general that to this poll we're starting off strong with 2022 you know whatever but uh, listen, so tonight's topic, as Bill said, is classic films that should be remade. What m- our definition? Well, I came up with the, the actual definition. Bill and I, Bill and I worked this out together before we started the show tonight. Classic films meaning probably literally before 1960, 65-ish. So films before then, we're talking about the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. So some very heavy films that are very intense and very, very, what is regarded as widely received classics and why those films should be remade. Now, before we even get going, you're probably saying, well, clearly these films should not be remade. Well, let me hear you out. No film is irreplaceable. The reason why I wanted to talk about this and Bill wanted to talk about this and the poll readers wanted to talk about this was because that maybe a remake of these films that we picked out tonight, the 10 films we picked out tonight would be a nice, segue for audiences today who have probably never even heard of these movies to go back and watch them so tonight we're gonna do a lot of a little bit of a throwback on this wednesday that did not work out as well as i thought it would but that's okay right bill <laughs> way back wednesday yes we're the tonight we're way back wednesday here in the super review shows mixed bag here we go all right so my, but the first five i picked out myself and i'm curious to see what bill has to say about these picks as well but the picks i have here are as follows um, basically, for those of you who are listening and watching, good for you, proud of you. The first film that I think that deserves to be remade would benefit from a big budget modern effects budget film is Lawrence of Arabia. Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. This is a film that literally came out in 1962. This film is really old. It is literally almost 60 years old. But, and it's like 60 hours long, and it's like six hours long. The runtime of the film is three hours and 42 minutes. I'm pretty sure there, there was an intermission. Um, but like, 
it's one of those movies you just it's a classic story about like literally the character Lawrence of Arabia and actually it's funny Alec Guinness is in this movie Bill did you know this and he actually this is before Star Wars so he was like the only big name in Star Wars but he came out Alec Guinness as in Obi-Wan Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah he was in this movie hmm. yeah so he's right here before he was a Jedi he was a Jedi, but our podcast listeners are not going to be able to see this. In order for podcast listeners, if you're looking at this, if you're listening to us, just watch the movie Lawrence of Arabia. It's a very long movie, but it is regarded as one of the biggest classic films of all time. And it is an epic film in Hollywood history. It took three years to make as far as I know. Um, I honestly believe that this film, despite being, yes, it's a classic. It's, a, it's re- regarded as one of the one of the pinnacles in Hollywood history. I firmly believe this film deserves a remake because from modern effects, you could retell the same story with the same everything, but with modern effects and a little bit of a bigger budget and shorten the film a little bit <laughs> and go from there. Um, honestly, I, I, I have seen, I, I have not seen the whole thing cause it's super long, but I have seen bits and chunks of this movie on like T, TCM Turner classic movies and whatnot. It is truly a classic film, no matter what can for those of you who are keeping track at home, how many times we say, say classic tonight, jump down the comment section below and let us know. <laughs> cause we're going to say classic also, all night long. Guys, by the way, all night long. Oh yeah. Richie. Oh yeah. Anyway. Anyway, by the way, Classic drinking game alert. Every time we say classic, take a drink. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to us after we've recorded this, take a shot. But drink responsibly. And remember, make sure you don't make sure you're not driving that night. Because we're oh, your yeah. friends. And friends don't let friends drive drunk. Yes, you're absolutely amen, Bill. Amen. This Bill. is a public service announcement from Bill. And the ad council. Mostly this Bill. Been a- PSA from Bill. Bill. PSA with Bill. Oh, love to see it, buddy. We're off on a great start tonight. Oh, we're going off so great. We're doing so well, my good man. Um, but yeah, so like I said, Lawrence of Arabia, it's a classic story. It's truly one of a kind. And honestly, I am, I think it should be remade for reasons that I have not, have and have not listed. I mean, it, it was such a pivotal film in Hollywood history. Like it was one of the one of the best like films of that year. I think it won Best Picture, if I'm not mistaken. But um in 1962. Did it win Best Picture? It won a Golden Globe Actor of the Year. Did it win? I'm just checking really quick because I'm curious. It, it, it won the Academy Award for, I think, like seven Oscars it won. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Peter O'Toole. Like it was, it's, it's a crazy, awesome film. It's a lot of very, like, it's a live-action film from the 60s, and it's got a lot of history to it. I recommend that Lawrence of Arabia be remade. Now, like I said, and some of these picks, you might be like, what are you talking about? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is not on our list. Don't worry. But like we're talking about that era of film. So here we go. So my first pick, Bill, is Lawrence of Arabia, a stone cold classic in American history film. Are you ready for my next pick, buddy? I am ready for your next pick, my friend. Casablanca. Oh, this is interesting. This because this is one of those 19. It was made during World War II, 1942. And this film stars Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Ber- uh, Bergman, I think you say her name. Yeah, I think and look, Bergman. Great movie. Fan- one of widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. Like, widely regarded as one of the best movies of all time. Came out in 1942. 
it stood the test time. I watched it, uh, and I forget how many years ago, but I saw it once on T. Again, Turner Classic Movies. I watched that when I was younger, and what a production! What a film! Humphrey Bogart, what a guy! For a while, I always thought he looked like. Uh, in some photos, I feel like he was like he looked like a young Billy Crystal almost. Uh, kind of does. Like he looks like an like in the and Billy Crystal wasn't even born yet, but he looks like a Billy Crystal of the '40s, which is nuts. So, and it's it's. Again, a Casablanca, a Casablanca, a Casablanca, a fantastic movie from the 40s. And it is widely regarded as one of those beloved films of all time as well. But again, I think with the modern telling of this story, and even if the remake sucks, like people could go back to this original film and say, wow, back in 1942, movies actually had something to say. Movies were important. Movies mattered. And I'm not saying they don't matter now, but they do matter for no matter what for our, yeah, it's our not past just about like getting the big stars on screen yeah exactly and th- i think this would be a wonderful remake if they remade casablanca i know there's so many people like who are listening and watching how could you say such a thing but i can honest, see all the film nerds are probably going like jc how can you say that that's blasphemy yeah, like like legit, Bill. It's like so some someone out there, someone's like the super review show is wrong. Like so someone's out there, like pushing their glasses back and saying, "Well, clearly this guy is wrong. They should not make remake Casablanca or Lawrence of Arabia." Well, clearly, I'm putting on my arrogant voice tonight. But like I said, Casablanca, a f- fantastic movie that sh- I believe should have a remake. That way, if it sucks, people could go back and say, "Oh, th- there was an original film." Or people who don't even know about the original film could watch it. So there's that reasoning too. Bill. Bill Murphy yes. of the Super Review Show. Yes, JT. What's up? And, and Movie Hall Productions. Are you ready for my next pick? Yeah. And I just want to say about Casablanca. I think it could be interesting. I think it could be very interesting to see, you know, what would it be like modern day? But there's one thing that if this happens... Whoever makes this remake, I will go and rip their you-know-whats off. Tell me. If we get a rap version of um, As Time Goes By. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, there's certain like, things about these movies like you have to like keep the same, though. It'd be like, it would be like this. It would be like, play it, Sam. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. Remix! I'm like, okay, if that happens, heads will roll. Yes, tanks will roll. To whoever but yeah, to hell with that, Bill. That's a horrible idea. Don't even put that idea in my head. <laughs> God, um, it's like the Venom song from Venom. It's like the Venom song. <laughs> or the Venom to be. I still story. have nightmares from that Venom. Venom, time for a Venom. I, I can still see Venom in my head going with with girls go Venom dance, Venom dance, oh and I'm like, if, if that ever exists. Oh God! I can't even tell you what will happen. Well, but, well okay, hold on. But you—you you raise a really good point, though, Bill, about like if they remake the films, they'd have to remake it in the same style and era that the original film was made. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like if this place takes place in 1942. Like, come on! How do you? You cannot just remake it and be like, oh, it's going to take place in 1963. You know, whatever. You have to like. There's certain remakes. There's certain things about these remakes that we think of that you should at least have a, ba- a decent like handle it well get the right cars production the whole thing and make it right don't do like a modern redux of casablanca do a redux of casablanca 
with the same just a modern telling of the same story. That's all. Like, should we still should it still be set like during World War II or? Um, I, I would say so. Yeah, because I mean, the, 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 that's one of the pivotal parts of the story, in my opinion. So you might as well keep it at that. That's me, though. Um, but yeah, Casablanca, like I said, it's a I, it's a timeless film made with Humphrey timeless Bogart, classic. Ingrid uh, Bergman, both killing it in this movie. Recommended highly. If you have not seen it, go for it. Bill, are you ready for my next pick? I am ready, my friend. We're going to go over to Disney for a second, bud. Ooh, Disney! 50s Disney with 20,000 leagues under the sea. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Kind of like the original like Treasure Planet that's not animated, if you will. Uh, this movie, like, I got to tell you, Bill, I saw it once. You know, you know what the fun, it's funny? The first time I saw this movie, Bill, was actually when we did... Um, was actually when Netflix was still like Netflix before it got like digital. I, we got a DVD of it in the mail and we watched it then. That's how I watched this movie for the first time. When oh, Netflix okay. For those DVD of you rental. who are younger than us, before Netflix became streaming, you actually had to order it. And they mailed it to you. Oh, yeah. No, for, for all you kids out there who are younger than us, shame. You have no idea what it was like to live through DVDs and tapes and whatnot. So just saying. But yeah, this is one of the first movies I ever watched from Disney that was through a Netflix DVD rental, which was nuts. So then they went digital and then everything changed. But overall, a fantastic classic film about a spaceship underwater and how like all this stuff. And it's I, I I love it. it's one of like the, the, the obscure I, I would say obscure Disney movies if you know what I mean, Bill. Oh yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, like who's, it's not who's like in it again. What's that? Who's in it again? Uh, Jules Verne and Captain Nemo. I think Peter Lorre's in it too. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Well, and by the way, Finding Nemo, the, the the name Nemo came from this movie. Yeah, uh, and- Paul Lucas and Peter Lorre were in it. And yeah, 20,000. 20, wow, it came out on January 1st, 1954. Yikes. That's great. And New Year's Eve, too. Wow. That's insane. It was adapted from the book. Like a classic, classic film. Classic film, in my opinion. A fantastic film. And a good book. I mean, it was based off a book. I mean, that's what a lot of Hollywood films like, hey, let's get the book and we'll like, you know, like, We'll get the we'll get the book rights and then we'll make a movie out of it. And the movie became classic, but everyone forgot about the book. Now we're talking about remaking the classic movie based on a book. So it's pretty funny. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, 20,000 20, leagues under the sea. Plus Nemo, the movie Finding Nemo and all that stuff with Finding Nemo. was Dory inspired by this. Was inspired by this film. It's the truth. And you can go back and look up research because Disney just took the name Nemo and reapplied it to this. So you know, fun fact, you know that um that scene with the giant squid that their attack that's in the storm. Yeah. Like, did you know Walt Disney actually because that's actually a giant puppet? I didn't know it was a puppet, really? Yeah, it was a puppet. And and Walt actually wanted to do it. They originally this they originally wanted to do that scene during the day. 
Oh my God. But Walt was afraid that they would see the strings. So they did that scene at night so it would look more convincing. I had no idea. That's crazy. This has been <gasps> Random Facts with Bill. Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Woo! Oh, yeah. Random Facts with Bill. Love to hear it, Bill. Love to hear it, bud. Um, well, yeah, 20,000 20, Leagues Under the Sea is due for a remake. I think Disney could make it. I mean, we love the other Disney live-action remakes, so why don't we just do this one, too? I know, I know. right? I'm still like, pissed off that Lion King remake. Yeah. You know. I'm still pissed. It's, hey, Joe Wiley! Hello, greetings and salutations from the chat board. Um, hopefully all is well. Um, anyways, Bill, any other comments for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? No, I think I've said all I need to say. Cool. All right, you ready for my... I have three more picks. Holy cow. Uh, my yeah. second, one of my next pick, Bill, is from 1957. Ooh, we're going way back. Seven Samurai. Ooh. Seven Samurai is literally, literally just the telling of a, a very classic Japanese story called Seven Samurai. Fun fact, Bill, did you know that when Star Wars was first bought by Disney, they were going to make a, there was a rumor and a report going on that they were going to make a Seven Samurai-esque Jedi film, a rogue Jedi film. Based on Seven Samurai. Oh, really? Yeah, for, for Disney and Lucasfilm, they were going to make a, like a Star Wars Seven Samurai film. Wow. So, like, it was not like, it's like with like Rogue Jedi being the characters and not like Samurai, if you know what I mean, because the swords and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the classic telling of the Japanese film, of this, the story, it's kind of like the Japanese Magnificent Seven, if you will. It's kind of like in comparison to that, basically. Um, yeah, was a Magnificent Seven based off the of Seven Samurai? That's exactly what I was going to say. You know what that means, right? We swiped right! We swiped right! It only took a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, we haven't swiped right in a while. JT, I've been seeing other folks. Are you buying dinner or am I buying dinner? That's a better question. I I'll buy not. dinner this time. Where are we going? We're going to get pizza. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but Seven Samurai... What a fan, like just an overall fantastic film. It's actually spoken in Japanese. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like a very historical film in the world of like filmmaking in general. Um, it's, I, I think, and I think if you do a modern telling of it with like, you know, uh, Japanese actors or, you know, or Asian descent actors, like Jackie Chan's a little old, but Jackie Chan could play like an older samurai, you know, or like I don't know. I just there's so many un- there's so much untapped potential with a remake to the Seven Samurai. I think it would be kick ass on the big screen to be honest with you. So, but that's me. Uh, Bill, what do you think about Seven Samurai? I've never seen it, so I can't really speak to the matter. Oh dang! All right. Anyways, it's okay. But listen, it, it, it's a really cool story about how these Seven Samurai kind of like face off against their master, kind of. Like, it's literally a Star Wars thing, like up front. So. That would have been yeah. interesting. I think it would be interesting to see a Seven Samurai remake at some point. I don't know who owns the rights or whatever, but hey, it would be really, really cool. And uh, it's you know, it's 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 fantastic. I think it's a great movie. So, anyways, are you ready for my second to last pick, Bill? I am ready. All right, ready? Let's go. And this movie, I think, is due for a remake. Bridge over River Kwai. Hmm. This movie is based on the book 
there's a there's a very famous book as well. Uh, the same. Um, the, it's funny. The creators of Bridge of River Kwai also created the brought the Planet of the Apes franchise to light as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the same creators of the film created the found the book Planet of the Apes and uh, made it into a franchise. Huh. So that, there's a connection. I think it was a Fox movie. I could, I could be wrong, but it's about like it takes place during the Korean War. And it's uh, and honestly, the the main thing about the movie is that it takes place like around this bridge, and spoilers for the ending of it for those you haven't seen it, just to let you know, the ending of the movie is an epic war film, and the ending of it is where the movie, excuse me, not with the movie, where the bridge like they destroy the bridge, so that the, the this train collapses. It's a really fantastic directed scene, and uh, it was honestly super. Super intense drama war film, like from the 50s. It's fantastic. And it, mind you, it is two hours and 41 minutes long. But hey, so is it was that shorter than Avengers Endgame. Just saying. Um, it's still a classic film, though. I think it should be remade. Bill, have you seen Bridge of River, River Quiet? I haven't. Oh, I heard of it. Get on it. <laughs> I will. It's a really, really great telling of like these people and like the, there's a couple natives there's a lot of military people involved like the military's involved whatever like alec guinness plays in it as well so it's a, another alec guinness property from the 50s and 60s Even before he was obi-wan this is well before he was obi-wan oh my god yeah also we have someone else watching right now and guess who it is matt hemsley it is the one and only matt hemsley Hello, Matt Hemsley. Thank you so much for joining us as well tonight. Matt Hemsley is in the house. Hopefully all is well. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, Bridge Over River Choir, I highly recommend you see it because it is one of, widely regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time. But if you remake it today, because let's visit, no one today's ever heard of it. No one today's heard of it outside of hardcore film fans. It's just the truth. So, you, you remake it, I think it's possible. But that's me. Um, Bill, any other comments for Bridge Over River Kwai? No, not really. I, I just got to go watch it. You got to watch it. It's a, it's a little long. It's a little drawn out. But, but it's also dated for because it came out in the 50s. But it's really good. Um, all right. Ready? My second to last pick, Bill. Here we go. Let's see Vertigo. With Jimmy Stewart in 1958. I'm surprised that this movie... Has not been remade yet. Because it, what it is, it's about a guy. First off, for those you don't know, it's one of one of Albert Hitchcock's Albert Hitchcock's earliest films. It's two hours and nine minutes long, so it's pretty quick compared to other films. Uh, um, and it's a psychological thriller. It's based on a novel as well, but and basically, it's about. J- the character J- James Stewart's character uh, I, don't, I, don't, I forget the character's name off the top of my head but he played like a guy who has like who has like vertigo sim- symptoms and he and it's, a, it's a really it's a psychological thriller like there's some scenes where he's like he's jumping off of buildings he's doing like crimes chasing people it's in, like it's really in a, a very intense movie why has someone not touched this movie yet today? I have no idea. Because it's, I think uh, it's Hitchcock and they don't want to screw around. I mean, well, I was going to put the birds, but honestly, Bill, I think the birds might be like too 
I mean, you can do the birds as well if you wanted to, if you wanted to, but like, but like Hitchcock movies, like they remade Psycho because like the brand name, but Vertigo, I feel like it's untouched, and I feel like you could do a Vertigo remake. What do you think, Bill? I I agree. I mean, like, like I, like I said at the, at the top of the hour, ladies and gentlemen, no film is irreplaceable. They could remake Vertigo tomorrow. I'd be like, all right, cool. You know why? Because they're going to bring that that property to a new generation of people, and people are going to go back to the James Stewart classic. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth. So, I, I I like this movie a lot. It was a very, very intense. Actually, it's funny. Fun fact, Bill. Yeah. The CEO of IMDb. This is his favorite movie of all time. Really? The CEO of IMDb. This is his favorite movie of all time. Crazy, right? That is crazy. This has been Random Facts with JT. Random Facts <laughs> with JT! Sorry, it doesn't have the same ring. No, you're right. It's fine. I, I tried it once and it didn't work. Anyways, you tried. You tried. You tried. <laughs> Vertigo. Recommend you see it. And uh, I think that's it, Bill. Yeah, because we only had five, right? Yeah. And by the way... Yeah. Hello, hello. Hola, hola. I'm not a place called Vertigo. It's everything I wish I didn't know except you. Give me something. something. I can feel. I can feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bono, if you're watching this, don't sue us. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. Anyways, that's a fun song. Thank you, you two, for creating a song about the same title of this movie. <laughs> um, anyways, that's my five. So, I, like I said, Lawrence of Arabia. I said um, to Vertigo. I said, I'm cheating. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Seven Samurai, and Casablanca. Those are my picks. Bill, you ready to take over, my friend? I'm ready to take over. Okay. Let's see. So what, Most what of them are mine, but we got one that's together. You want to do the one that's together first? We'll do it last. Okay. Well, I together was thinking. last. But wasn't 12 Angry Men going to be like our together one? Or Citizen Kane? I thought it was that one. Uh, okay. Why don't I just go with the fir- the one I was going to do first? Which is? And to Kill a Mockingbird. Do tell, Bill. Do tell. Okay. For those of you who have not read the book or seen the movie, yeah. it tells the story of Atticus Finch. It's totally the perspective of his daughter Scout, who um, who gets a case to represent Tom Robinson, a black man who has been accused of having non-consensual intercourse. Because we got to be careful with YouTube here. Yep. With with the town drunk's daughter. Right. And and um and this film does take place during the 1930s. Okay, it's the 30s, it's Alabama. Guys think really long and hard about this. Yep. And it is really about racial injustice. And I think it is a really, because, you know, a white lawyer is being asked to represent a black man. And 
And I think what's really is if you've read the book, JT, have you ever read the book? I have. I have read the book. And I think the book is, I think the movie is a very accurate representation of the movie, to be, the, book, the book, to be honest with you. Because, but what I like about the book is it goes through more into Atticus's doubt. Like he goes, listen, I know he's going to get convicted. Best case scenario, he gets life and doesn't get the death penalty. And, and yet, like, it's like, um, and it's, and I think like one of the most powerful images in the book, in the movie is, okay, you know what? I kind of laugh at this part, this first part, the jury, they're all in overalls. They look like they're going to go watch NASCAR afterwards. No offense, <laughs> Joe Wiley, please don't hurt me. Um, but they just go, has the jury reached a verdict? Go, we have, your honor. We find the defendant guilty. Now let's go. Well, it doesn't say that part, but. But, you know, there's a part when throughout the trial, Scout and her brother are watching the trial in the viewing gallery with a bunch of African-Americans, the congregation that Tom, of the church that Tom Robinson goes to. And in this moment when it looks like Atticus has just lost everything, the pastor goes, stand up, Miss Jean Louise, your father's passing. They're standing up for him as a, they're standing up as he walks by as a sign of respect because no lawyer back then, no white lawyer would act would genuinely defend a black man. They would just say, "Yeah, I'm just here for counsel. I know he's guilty. Let's get this over with." But if you watch the trial, you could tell he's actually trying to get Tom Robinson off. He's not just there to be his lawyer. Like, he's being his lawyer. Yeah. And and that scene before the jury goes off to do the verdict. He goes, by the name of God, gentlemen, go do your duty. And, and, and yeah, I'm kind of contrasting with the book here a little bit, but there's actually, the jury actually takes a little longer to deliberate. And it turns out this guy who was, I think his last name was Cunningham or something, who is part of, in the book, basically the lynch mob. And they say later on, well, the reason why it took so later on is because there was an undecisive gentleman named Cunningham. Like, even though he did vote to convict him, he was still, hmm, you know what, maybe he's not guilty. But anyway, okay. But let me get to the point of why I think this movie should be remade. Um, and I think this movie is still a timeless classic. But from what we've been seeing over the past couple years, especially with, you know, cases like cases like Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery. I think this film is kind of more needed now than it was than it was then. And like, you know, even though it takes place during the 1930s, it was written during the civil rights movement. And I think this film is more needed now 
because of all what's going on with racial injustice and with the judicial system. And I think this is needed now. And I think that's why this movie maybe deserves a remake. I couldn't agree with you more, bud. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you got to say, JT? Other than that, I pretty much agree with what, everything what you just said. And I, I do believe that if you remake it today, given that everything, I mean, we listen, we, our show, we choose not to be political at all. Or at least to the very extent, very, 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 very minimal. But I have to say that the examples that Bill brought up are definitely very accurate about how if they were to remake this film, there's some leeway to doing it because of what's going on in our country today. That's just the truth. Like I said, I think the story is more needed now yeah. than ever. I agree. Completely. And, you know, I... I heard there was actually one that, and you know what? I just want to say this. I know we don't like get political here, but a couple of years ago, there was actually a school district that wanted to ban this book. Okay. Because it made people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I would like to respond to those folks if that's okay. That's okay. the fucking point. Yeah, no, he's, he's, that's the right. point. You're yeah. supposed to feel uncomfortable while reading this book. It's supposed to make you think a different way. What do you what? You just want to live in your bubble of ignorance. That's the point. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. You're supposed to feel. Yeah, this is. Yeah, what happened to Tom Robinson's pretty shitty and people shouldn't go through that. And people should stand up for other people. That's the point. That's the freaking point. Okay, I'm done. Sorry, Someone get I just, this man an Oscar. <laughs> I I just had to. I'm sorry, folks. I had to. Um, no, you're fine. You're fine. And it's no. You're good, dude. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, any yeah. other comments uh, for Tequila Mockingbird? I think I'm. I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I think Bill definitely made some good points there, and hey, anything. And honestly, it's a film that definitely could be remade well. So, all right, your next pick, Bill, is is Rebel Without a Cause. Oh boy! Okay, I, this was, I haven't seen this one. You got you to tell me about this one. Okay, this is made in 1955. Um, James Dean in his last film role. Oh wow. Well, no, there was another one, Giant, I think it was, and I think that was like the la- the last one, but that didn't get released till after he died. But James Dean Dean plays a new kid in town, and yeah, we've seen this before. Um, he's sort of like the, you know, he gets he he goes to this new school meets he gets in he gets with this um with like there's this gang leader there who they get into a fight later on and they say hey let's settle this and and they're um and they try to do a car race 
and one guy falls off and dies, and James Dean goes home to his family and saying, like, oh, God, I got to go to the cops. I got to tell them what happened. And then the other gang, the gang one, is trying to go after him. He runs away with Natalie Wood and Salmonero, and it's it's a... It's an interesting story. Okay, you might know this movie by one line. Which one? You're tearing me apart! Really? That was from this movie, I swear to God. You're tearing me apart is from this movie? Yeah, it wasn't Tommy Wiseau who who, who perfected that. Right, no, of course. But, but like, no, I didn't know that. That was from this movie. Really? That was from this movie. That was from Rebel Without a Cause. Interesting, Bud. Interesting. I know that. This has been another rendition of Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, um, but the film and like, and the film is, it's kind of like a contrast of sort of like kids versus adults in a way. Um, because James Dean, he's asking his father about the movie, Dad, what is it to be a man? And his father is sort of like that pushover parent who just gives his kid everything. And there's a scene when he's wearing an apron, which I gotta admit is kind of funny. And there is a, and it's sort of like symbolism between the generation of, you know, James Dean's character, his parents. And this was like kind of the first example of counterculture in a way, even though this really didn't start to like the 1960s counterculture. Mm, right. And, and also, um, and also this was like, one of the first, yeah, it's a good, it's a sort of like, you know, the 50s were conform and all that. And James Dean was kind of, his character was kind of, yeah, screw this. But yeah, and this film was kind of ahead of its time. And also there's another thing, um, Sal Monero's character, Okay, Sal Monero in real life was, I think, bisexual. I think he may have been gay, but I, I last I read, Sal Monero was bisexual. Okay. But throughout the film, you could see that there's hints that Sal's character has feelings for James Dean's character. You mm. can tell there's subtle feelings. Hints. But guys, this was the 50s. Do yeah. you think they would even dare show a gay, an openly gay character on screen? Nope. <laughs> oh, hell no. Hell no. Hell, they they wouldn't. That was that was so they had to be very, very subtle. 
and you can tell there is some of those subtle hints that Salmonero's character is gay. And they do a, they do a good job. Like, I remember when I first saw it, and then I was talking to a teacher of mine who was a big film nerd, and this was when I was in high school, and then he goes, and he goes, Bill, that was like one of the first depictions of homosexuality on screen. He goes, no, I wasn't going Go back and watch. Salmonero gets pretty. Salmonero seems like he has affection for Mr. Dean. And I remember it was on like Turner Classic Movies one time. And yeah. I remember watching it. And I'm thinking, wow, he's right. Vandermark's right. Wow. And I'm like, not that I'm saying it's a bad thing. Just you never get it until you watch it again. You don't understand it till you watch it again, if that makes sense. And maybe that's why this film is a remake. Yeah, like maybe now that we're in a different time, we can be a little more open. Yeah. We can be a little more open about it. Some, I forgot what the name of Salmonero's character was. I haven't seen this movie in years, but maybe they can now portray him as more openly gay. Okay. And, and I also think maybe it's it's a commentary on generations fighting each other. Yeah. Like you always get it like back then it was the World War II generation versus the baby boomers. And now the big one is millennials versus baby boomers. And that came the famous okay boomer. Yeah. Um yeah, that's and that's it's just that one where it's just that no matter how society goes, the two former generations are going to fight each other. And that's how it's always going to be. Like it's baby boomers versus millennials. Pretty soon it's going to be millennials versus Gen Zers. <laughs> At some point, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why this movie is relevant and could use a remake. All right. What's your next pick? My next pick is, I don't know if a lot of people heard of this movie. It's called Double Indemnity. Okay. Have you ever heard of this movie until I told you about it? To be honest, no. You're going to have to tell me a little bit about it. Okay. Here's the film. Here's the story. Double Indemnity tells the story of a... Tells the story of a um, of an insurance agent named Walter. In the movie, it was Walter Neff. In the film, it was Walter Huff. Okay. The reason why he changed it is is the reason why he changed changed it is because the actor didn't want to be a character in the name of didn't want to be didn't want to play a character that was in a huff mm. if Fred McMurray didn't want to play a character that was in a huff so what happens is um, we get in the beginning of the film we see Walter Neff in his office recording something for his friend slash co-worker keys he's a whatchamacallit he's a he's an insurance agent 
and he goes, you know what? I have to tell you something tonight, Keys. A murder happened. And you know who did it? I did it. I'm like, I remember watching it in one of my film class. I'm like, well, thanks for giving away the ending, buddy. <laughs> well, saying, I did it. Walter Neff, I'm 38 years old. I'm not married. I did it. But here's what happened. I'm like, okay, tell the story. We all ain't on the ending, but let's hear it. And he gets with an insurance agent. He, the insurance agent, Walter, goes to the house of Phyllis Deirdreson, who first he's just going to he, first he's just going to remind him to renew his auto, his car insurance. And then Phyllis is flirting with Walter and and asking about buying an accident insurance policy without his knowledge. Hmm. And then Phyllis says, yeah, I'm planning on killing my husband. Oh, my God. Straight up says it. Yeah, I want to kill my husband. Because they flirt. So, But the policy has what's called a double indemnity clause which that pays double if the death is accidental. Mm. That's where the film comes. If the death is accidental, they get a double payout. Interesting. Okay. So, so then Walter gets seduced by Phyllis and decides to go along with it so he can run off with Phyllis. Damn. <laughs> and and so he basically helps him kills, helps her kills him, and they make it look like an accident. Shoves him off, so so it makes it look like an accident. Um, and then <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna tell you the whole plot. Um, let's just say that this guy gets into some double indemnity of his own. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Phyllis's husband's daughter from a previous marriage starts talking to Walter and now oh Walter God. starts having a thing for the daughter. Oh, Jesus. All right. The poor guy. <laughs> the poor guy. Am I right? The poor guy. The poor guy. You gotta, you gotta uh, it'd be like <laughs> God. It, it's, it would be like him saying Phyllis, I gotta tell you something. I'm kind of attracted to your very young but very attractive stepdaughter. Um, yeah, this movie probably wouldn't fly today. But, probably not. But then, but then people get on the. Yeah, there are like some funny parts when, when they're like ruling, going, "Well, Mrs. Dagerson, your husband may have killed himself." And therefore, since it wasn't an accident, double indemnity doesn't apply. Oh, I see. And then, and then, and then they get into the series. No, he was murdered. And it's so funny that there was a guy that was on the train when Walter was on the train. And it's just a quick passerby. And Keys, Walter's co-worker, goes, I called it a witness. And it was the guy that Walter saw on the train. So it's like, oh, you look familiar. And be like, 
yeah, so I'm not going to give away the end, but what I am going to tell you is that is that what I am going to tell you is, is why this that, movie should be remade? What was that? Why this movie should be remade? Well, before we get to that, okay. Um, fun fact here: they actually had to change the ending from the book. Really? Because the I'm just going to tell you the ending of the book. I'm not going to okay. tell you the ending of the film, but the end of the book. Walter and Phyllis do end up together. They're on a cruise ship. And they and they end up killing themselves. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, that got dark, didn't it? Yeah, that's a 180. <laughs> um, they end up together. I think they both like took cyanide pills or something. And but back in the 40s, there was a commission. There was a committee. I forgot what the name of it was. That did not allow suicide to be depicted on film. Oh, okay. So they had to rewrite the ending. Hmm. So they had to rewrite the ending. So anyway, why this film should be remade is it's just such an interesting story. And it's like, Look at it this way. The wife's banging an insurance agent to get money when her husband croaks. So what happened, so I think would be interesting is because we hear those stories all the time. Wife kills husband to get money. True, true, true. So I think maybe that now could be very relatable. That I think so too. Get basically get someone who gets seduced to kill someone. That would be something. Would be something. So I think Double Indemnity would make a good remake. And uh, uh, people out there, uh, make sure you read your insurance policies. Yeah. Make, look out for the Double Indemnity Clause. If you're if your spouse takes out a double indemnity clause, that means she's planning on killing you. Or wants to increase accident insurance. Just 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 read your insurance policies. But yeah, I remember watching this movie in a film class in college. And I'm like, wow, this movie's interesting. Yeah, but I think it could be relatable because we see those stories all the time. I tend to agree, buddy. I tend to agree. Yeah. Okay. Now, these next two, these are ones we picked our together. You know what that means, right? We swiped right! Yes, everyone. We swiped right on two movies. Actually, more than two. We swiped on a couple things tonight. Jesus Christ, Bill. What's going on? Um, so the first one that Bill and I swiped right on is a film called 12 Angry Men. Why don't you start off, bud? Okay, 12 Angry Men. I know what the premise is about, but I never really sat through the whole movie. It's basically the story of 12 jurors who are sitting in a case mm. for, for a young man who killed his father. Mm. 
and now they're sent to deliberate. And now 11 of the jurors are say, okay, he's guilty. But there's one who's the holdout. If anyone who hasn't been on jury duty before, it has to be unanimous. Right, right. They have to agree on something, right. And so this one guy, this one guy has, says, I think he's actually innocent. And he has to try to convince the rest of the jury. And he has to try to convince the rest of the jury that he's innocent. And I think that is, I think that is pretty interesting because, you know, you have those cases in which, you know. Right. I mean, like, not all of them could be, I mean, the fact that, like, jury duty, you all, the jury has to agree on something. And the fact that in this case, one guy's like, no, I think he's wrong. And the, and the the other jurors like well how could you say that he killed his father but like that that is something I miss from Hollywood today is like the interesting premise type of that that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, if you, if we saw a remake of Twelve Angry Men, well, there was actually a remake. Actually, there was, but it was a TV movie. Oh no! I mean, like an actual like Hollywood production. That starred Tony Danza, James Gandolfini, George C. Scott. Oh, all right. Well, I think as far as like a full-on budget film like remake, though, anything's possible. You know what I find kind of interesting about these movies? About this movie, they never revealed the names of the jurors. Yeah, I'm looking at that now because I, 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 like I said, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but. It's just uh, for those of you who are listening to a podcast. If you Google the words 12 Angry Men and go to images, there's, there's going to be a search results for juror eight, juror three, nine, seven, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They never call them by their names, they just call them juror number one, juror number two, juror number three. Yeah. They never call them by their name, which is fa- to me, that's very fascinating why they did that. So to me, I take it as they're not individuals, they're a jury. Yeah, probably. And and they're like all trying to, and you know, trying to keep, and maybe that's showing that not everything is that cut and dry. Yeah. And maybe that's, because let's say JT, let's see if you and I were on this jury and you just heard the fact, okay, he killed his dad. Would you be walking to the jury and goes, okay, the bastard's guilty. Let's convict him. Would or I would go along with it? I mean, oh, I, would you, I would be, like you know to... what? Let me hear the evidence again. Yeah, I, I would hear the evidence again. Personally, I would hear the evidence again, but that's me. Now, I personally would go, you know what? Yeah, let's hear the evidence again. Yeah. Or I would be, oh, God, you know what? I hate jury duty. Can we just get the hell out of here? Yeah. I mean, it's also, I mean, it's up to whatever the jury decides. But the fact that this one movie has a guy who's like, you know what, I'm not sure if it's a, a, a the right deal or not, and they're all angry at him for it. That's a that's a Look, pretty. Kind of blame them? Would you would you honest to God want to be on jury duty? 
No, but at the same time, well, with these guys, no, because they all be like, I'd be the one odd man out probably. I'd be like, well, maybe he's not. Like, well, what do you mean he's not? And they'd all go off on that. So, but yeah, I think the the premise of this film is not everything is that cut and dry. That, that's very true. And today's it's not society, all that yes. black and white. No, maybe they are missing something. Especially in today's society, how anything's possible. Oh, absolutely. I think this is due for a remake too, bud. I think it is due, and an actual remake, not a you know, not, not a TV movie, yeah. So, not a, you know, not a TV movie, an actual, like theatrical wide release independent film, whatever you know. That would be interesting. Yeah. Your father is saying is what? saying that Twelve Angry Men is a classic. Would love to see a remake. I tend to agree, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And and um, yeah. So so you have anything else to say about Twelve Angry Men? No, but I think we can move on to our last movie of the night, my friend. Okay, this one might cause some controversy. Yes, and but I, I'll, I'll start off with it, and then you can jump in, and then we'll finish off together, right? Mm-hmm. Citizen Kane. I believe if you were to redo Citizen Kane, the story, if you break it down, the story of Citizen Kane is timeless. It's about a a man who who dies and he really just reflects on his childhood by saying Rosebud, which is something that he holds near and dear to his heart, which was the slut that he reminded him of his childhood. So that's, a whole plethora of stuff to go with that. But if you were to remake it, like, first off, I would, would they? I think that's a very tall order. I don't know if they would or not, but I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't think that Citizen Kane would be remade, but if they were to remake it, if they were to remake it, I'm pretty sure it's just like thinking with um media. Yeah. How it's about a me it's based off the life of William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, correct. You know, it could be it could be used today of how media is used. It definitely could be. I mean that that's definitely possible. I mean, and- I think that that's possible with that if you bring it that way. Yeah, like it, of how, like especially like to, to today, could be like online media. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, it, it, yeah. No, go on. I was gonna say, well, if if they were to remake Citizen Kane, would they keep it in the era of the forties, or would they update it a little bit? That's a good question. I mean, because if they update it to like with like media, like you could do a Citizen Kane remake in the modern era with modern media and modern news and whatnot. You could. So I don't know. It's a tricky subject with this one, but I, I think you could, Bill. I think you could. I think so too. And plus, if you think about it, the film came out, what, 1941? Yes. It is officially 
80 years old. 80 years old, yeah. That's insane to me how it's... Wow. This movie is 80 years old this year as of September 5th. That's crazy. Because I don't... I don't think if they did this, I don't think a lot of people from the production would be screaming about it because I think most of the people in the production have passed away. I mean, I think they're all dead. Yeah, I think about 99% of them are dead. So I don't think they're going to have much to say on the matter. Well, who the, the studio was RKO. What is, what is that, Warner Brothers now? I'm trying to think, I'm trying, I, I don't know the studio, but like whoever has the rights to it. I mean, would you, want would you want to remake it though? That's a better question. Oh, you know, all the film snobs. How dare you remake Citizen Kane? I tend to believe that no film is irreplaceable. You definitely could replace it and remake it and, whatnot, and make it a modern context citizen Kane. I mean the movie that movie would be immediately cared compared to this this film. But honestly, I think it could do it could be well. It could be done well for a movie that, you know, is 80 years old. I mean the story holds up, so but the nice. rise and fall of a media mogul, so yeah, I mean, me and the media aspect of it could, you know, because so it, the film opens up with like a. Wilden Randolph Hearst, who this movie was based on, he didn't like it. Really? Yeah, he actually forbidden his newspaper from mentioning the movie. For real? Yeah. Why? He just didn't like it. I. It wasn't it wasn't representation representation of his his life, right? Was it? It wasn't an autobiography. Right, it was. I mean. It was not an autobiography. It was loosely based on his life. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I mean, anything is possible. I think Citizen Kane could be remade with modern telling of this of this story. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about film is that it could be. It could be about anything. It could be. It could be remade with modern elements to it. It could be. I think it's touchable. I don't think it's untouchable, to be honest with you. So, what do you think, Bill? Any any other comments for Citizen Kane? Um, no, I think I'm good. All right. Well, everyone, that that will do it for us here on the Superview Show's Mixed Bag. Thank you so much for watching, listening, however you listen to us or watch us or stream us or whatever. This was an interesting topic tonight. I'm actually glad we were able to do it. And Bill, thank you as oh. always for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did this. Um, I'm glad I did this too. Like I said, first when you heard this, I wanted to smack you, but then I'm like, nah, let's give it a shot. And it worked out well. I think it worked out well. It really worked out well. How about that? We swiped right a couple of times, but we swiped right. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, all right. Anyways, thank you so much guys for watching, listening. However, you listen to us or stream us. We hope you enjoyed this show. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Superview show and follow his uh, show or what do you have again? Uh, don't forget to check out sports and sanity podcast. We are on all platforms. 
Yes. He's got a great show over there on the Sports and Standard Network. Check them out. They, they, we and don't forget to check out tomorrow well. night, Thursday yeah. night, Gridiron. Hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah, fingers crossed, guys. I'll Thank tell you, you off so camera <laughs> why, but yeah. Oh, oh, boy. Thank you so much for watching and listening, guys. You guys are the greatest, the greatest audience in the world. We love doing this.